1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to None But the Brave, a part of Evergreen Podcast. I am Hal Schwartz, and as always, I'm here with my great friend Flynn McLean. So, Flynn, we got a little music in together. We were both at sea here now (laughs) last weekend. Very exciting.
0: Uh, Yes, it was. Uh, It's still kind of surreal to see that many people in one place at one time, at least for me, uh, since before the pandemic, and a little little uneasy here and there, but... uh, the music was great. Really enjoyed Patti Smith. Really enjoyed, enjoyed Pearl Jam. And uh, shout out to Stan Goldstein for uh, for hooking us
1: up with uh, Little Bride. Oh, well, yes, that was very cool of Stan. Thank you, Stan. Yeah, it was weird being on the beach. Uh, 35,000 people strong. I got to say, once the show started, I, I felt totally into it. I didn't have quite the nervousness that you guys did. And it was the first Pearl Jam performance in three years <laughs> since Boston 2018. It was really, really great to see. And and now we're going to have some more Pearl Jam performances out here on the West Coast this week as they play outdoors at Ed's Traditional Festival at Doheny State Beach. All right. Well, I hope you have fun at those. And uh, in the meantime, we have some no
0: nukes to discuss.
1: Yes. And this is, it's an interesting announcement. I think it's exciting. It's going to represent the best footage, I think, of the E Street Band in their prime. It's sourced from 16 millimeter film. And as Bruce addressed in Rolling Stone yesterday, they do not have a lot of footage of the E Street Band on film. Now, for those people who don't know, basically film, if you have the negative or other elements that would yield that kind of resolution, it can be transferred and that's why they have an HD image of no nukes. And had it been 35 millimeter, they could have had a 4K image, which would have been mind blowing. But it is 16 millimeter. It's still going to look amazing.
0: Oh, yes, it is. And it's and I think it's going to sound amazing. Obviously, both of those shows were released by Nugs a couple of years ago, but uh, they've taken them, taken the original multitracks and Bob Clearmountain, Mountain, the, the master, <laughs> the best mixer who's ever done Bruce Springsteen has uh, has done his thing and it's going to just it's going to pop out of the speakers in a way that the nugs releases just didn't you know no offense to
1: john altshuler one of the things i'm curious to see is ray vaughn is on the track list correct me if i'm wrong on the nugs release wasn't that sourced from a soundboard and not the multi-tracks
0: i believe it was yes
1: so, so I, I guess maybe they found the multi tracks I, I can't believe that this would be sourced from the soundboard and mixed by Clearmount and especially since they combined the two nights and and they could have chosen other material. I forget what was what were the choices from the second night?
0: Well, the only difference on the second night was uh, was quarter of the three, which was on the first night that slot was Detroit Manly and Ray Vaughn and so you got uh, you got the three encore songs going to be together in in, in one set.
1: Right. OK, so they're mixing all those together because, of course, they're taking the best of the two shows.
0: Yes, or at least the best recording they have of, of the two shows. It's, and that's, I think, a nice compact, uh, comp, almost like a compilation there. I'm really I think it's going to be nice, tight and polite to be to be blunt about it.
1: One of the things that (laughs) I'm not sure how they're going to address, and it happens in the trailer they released yesterday, which did look great, but he was wearing totally different clothes both nights. So is it just going to go back and forth and they're going to be wearing different clothes? It's very weird from a continuity standpoint, but let's see how they handle it. As I said a few minutes ago, it's going to represent the best footage that they have of the band in their prime. Uh, the Hammersmith was sourced on film. Otherwise, I don't think that there's too much that was sourced on film, right? Uh, the '78 Houston, of course, is low-grade video. Yes. What well, Tempe is video as well, right? Yes, uh,
0: Tempe was shot was shot on video, um, and so unless there's something out there we don't know about, this is this is going to be the highest quality Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band concert performance recording, video recording visual (laughs) that we're ever going to see
1: well at least from the classic era of course in the reunion era they did shoot hd western stars is 4k so that's a totally different story but yes from the classic era uh, bruce did address this as i said in the rolling stone piece he was against shooting film and it's just we're not ones to normally criticize bruce here but that unfortunately was a major mistake now he admits it's a major mistake in 2021 But not to have film and to have everything sourced, one of the shocking things is, and I had researched this a few years ago, as you know, and and I concluded the Born in the USA tour, they also did not shoot film. Now, he confirmed that yesterday. This is really sad news that the only available footage from the Born in the USA tour is going to be 1980s video, which is much lower grade than if they had film negative but it is what it is. Uh, as we say with many of the other things, you can't go back in time. Uh, you know, maybe if we had a nice DeLorean, but we don't.
0: <laughs> no, we do not. Uh, he re- he regrets it, and I think he's. They've made a good conscious effort in the last twenty years to to film a lot more. Uh, maybe not as much as we would like, but certainly considerably more than what they did seventy-five through eighty-five. I just hope that they don't let the lack of film prevent them from releasing something from 84 and 85 in in a visual medium.
1: Oh, I think they're definitely going to, we know that. And- You know, you keep saying that, how do you know that? Whatever they have from 84 and 85, and we know they have tons of video footage from 1985, why would they release the Houston 78 bootleg cut, which I, and I'm using this term loosely, but in in terms of video quality, quite frankly, it's garbage. (laughs)
0: Um, well, that's why they call it, the, I'll call it a bootleg hunt. Right. You know? So,
1: I mean, if you released that, why wouldn't you release the Born in the USA stuff? I'm guessing that the 84, 85 material is at least stored on a proper format. Now, I, I don't know where they dug Houston up. It reads to me as it could have even been VHS. What do you think?
0: It could have been VHS. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: The one thing about we're going to get here with the no nukes is this is going to do the E Street Band justice. Mm-hmm. When you're able to go back to the film negative, it's just... It it should be spectacular. The trailer looks really good, and I'm excited to see it in a month.
0: Yes, that's oh, it's good. it's going to be great to see. And uh, <laughs> should admit this, but I'm not my attention span for videos is, is pretty short. Uh, so I'm I'm expecting to really be able to sit down and enjoy this this 90 minute film in its entirety in one sitting, uh, in a way that I really haven't done with literally any other of Bruce's video releases.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to sitting down the first night that comes out and cranking it up. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> now let's let's talk about the let's talk about the Nugs issue there. The fact that they they pulled these two shows from Nugs and now they're not re-releasing both of them. I think that's kind of. Well,
1: I think it's a mistake. This is it's a
0: disappointment for sure at at, at minimum.
1: (laughs) This is something that confronts the entertainment industry, and it's a much larger discussion. We're not gonna have it here, especially since we want to get to our guest this evening. But the idea of what is ownership at this point, and and iTunes has had some issues. I, I forget what it was. I bought something on iTunes years ago, and by mistake, I also didn't download it and they pulled it and they said uh, either it was a rights issue or or whatever it was I forget off the top of my head I think it was one of the episodes of Sherlock the PBS show and I went to watch it and it had been pulled and I had made the mistake of not downloading it well, that's and nice. I and I did email them and and they did give me a credit but this is a very large issue and what I would advise is, and certainly I learned my lesson there, and I think people have learned their lessons with the NUG situation with no nukes. If you are paying for a download, make sure you download it and back it up because there are major, major issues here. I don't agree that the people who bought the two no nuke shows should lose complete access to them. They should make some kind of accommodation for the people who already own it. But as I say, this is a challenge that is far larger than this one show.
0: Ah, okay. I wasn't aware of how, how often this actually does happen and out there in the world. And I was kind of under this, maybe it was more of a hope, but maybe it was, but it was the assumption that they were going to release both nights mixed by Bob Mountain, but that's obviously not the case. I wonder if it's possible if they would put him back on Nugs at some point with Clear Mountain's full audio, but I guess I wouldn't bet on that
1: it doesn't seem likely but let's see what they do it it is as i say this is a this is a major issue across the board and again for the people who bought it i think they should have access to it but i'm not the one making that determination and uh, we're just going to have to see if if they do correct that at some point once the sony product comes out you know that really is the issue and and we've said this with broadway there were a couple of people on btx who were like Broadway is going to be released by Nugs. I highly doubt that because any product that is recently released by Sony, they don't want Nugs releasing that product. And that's why I am pretty sure the no nukes was pulled from Nugs. I, I don't even know if Bruce had a choice about that.
0: Yeah, probably probably not. And I mean, they're not going to cannibalize their own product or from the same artist on two different platforms. So and Sony, in this situation, Sony is going to win every time.
1: Yes. Well, Sony has the exclusive rights to distribute Bruce Springsteen material. They give Nugs a sub license to allow them Uh, to do the archive series. And ultimately, it's Sony's call. So, again, if you're if you're buying these shows, because this could happen to any show, as we now see. So just protect yourself and and download everything after you buy it, because that's really the only solution.
0: There you go. I mean, you and I, you and I, download all the time, so yeah, we never leave anything, anything on, on just on, on, on our NUG stash.
1: But enough about that, and let's move <laughs> on to the fun stuff. We really, really were gratified by the reaction to the first part of our interview with Steve, and tonight we're going to present the second part of that interview. And I know you had a lot of fun with it.
0: I sure did. This was just, just a blast. I mean, talking to him, hearing the stories from the guy who lived them. Yeah, that's can't ask for better.
1: No, you can't. And we just want to remind everyone, Steve's autobiography is now out. It's called Unrequited Infatuations. It's available through Backstreets. It's available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble and your local bookstores. So pick up a copy and check it out. And now we're going to pick back up with Flynn asking Steve about the River Sessions.
0: Well, let's let's talk about the river. Um, you were you, had, you did not enjoy the darkness sessions at all. Um, Get that impression? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, yeah. You, Just yeah, a you, little. That's you're right. not having much fun during those sessions. Um, so then the, he starts off with the recording sessions for the fifth album, for The River. And you say, Bruce, I don't want to be in the studio for 18 hours a day and for seven days a week. So he offers to make you producer.
2: Yeah. And,
0: I mean, were you really prepared to walk at, at that point?
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I, I quit. I, I was like, I'll see you. I can't do it again. I cannot do this again. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I just, I just, I, I, I knew how to produce records at that point, you know. And, and, uh, and um, you know. If he didn't want me to do his, I'd go do somebody else's. You know, okay. You know, because um, I didn't. You know, I just didn't. Uh, you know, you you know, you weren't really you weren't you weren't walking away from anything that was, uh, you know, uh, essential at that point you know, in okay. terms of your living. You know, there was still no money.
0: Oh.
2: You know. Uh, but at that point, I, I started to feel I have potential here and I need to realize some of this potential. I, I can't just be, uh, you know, uh, keeping my mouth shut and, and uh, you know, not something I do very well anyway, you know, uh, you know what I mean? So I needed, I needed to sort of exercise my, because you know, I, I had done the Three Jukes albums as, as, as my production school, all three of those first three Jukes albums are very different from each other because I was trying different things and I finally had figured it out how to do it, you know, and, and, and it all came together on, on the river, you know, I was able to use everything I'd learned and, um, you know, I was very, very happy with that, you know, and, and uh, my, you know, my arranging ability and production ability really, I uh, was
1: able to, I was able to use it, you know. He had quite a group of songs for the river way more that could fit on the album. Now it's well known. You do not agree with some of the final selections that made the record and some of the ones that wound up not being used and wouldn't emerge for almost 20 years on tracks. What is, loose ends is a song as a fan, you listen to it and you go, Oh my God, this is a colossal hit. <laughs> How did not not wind up on the river?
2: everyone was a lost argument you know um it was actually on the very first uh sequence you know which makes it even weirder you know (laughs) yes it does but um i i you know the one thing i did learn because the same thing was happening on darkness um the one thing i learned by you know among you know many things i learned during the book but but I never really analyzed what was going on back then um, during the darkness, and uh, you know, it just was—it just was, uh, a, a, you know, a tiresome sort of uh, existence. You know, and, and Bruce and John are just endlessly talking, and 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 everything sounds really not very good, and uh, everything's taking way too long, and. I didn't, you know, I don't know. I just, I just didn't really tune into to what was going on, you know, and, until, I, I, until I did this book. And then I, I started to analyze, you know, uh, the enormous uh, change from Born to Run to Darkness, which would then affect the rest of his life, happened then, you know. And those conversations were, were you know, quite fruitful, actually, and very uh, important. Um, so that transformation, and I, and I and I, I really go into it much more than I intended in the book, because <laughs> it was such a revelation to me, you know, I was like, wow, I now I get it, you know, uh the character that he had sold the public, and you know and and you and your your first prayer, your first ambition is to have the, an audience discover you and and define you that's. You know that's your first hope in life, because that means you you now can make, can make a living, and after two two albums of you know of nothing but trouble and 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 now the third album, Born to Run, suddenly the people w- were discovering him and 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 I and, and and defining him, and um, and that would for anybody else would be the miracle that you hoped for, and you stick with that the rest of your life. You know that that particular identity but he was still evolving and um and the character that he had become for Born to Run was something that he just could not live with the rest of his life so he completely transformed himself on darkness you know as I as I say in the book from the guy who wanted to leave town you know uh we're leaving here, a town full of losers. You know, you know, we're getting out of town to win. Whatever those words are, <laughs> you know, pulling out another uh, one. You know, to I'm staying. You know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm staying. And you're and gonna fight. I'm gonna fight, and I'm gonna fight for you. And I'm, I'm gonna fight for my father. I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand. I'm, I'm not gonna be afraid of my father or running away from my father. I'm gonna. You know, speak for my father, and, and and you know, and maybe in some ways be my father. You know, you know, you know Hopefully, a, a more, you know, a more satisfied version of it, or whatever. But, but but you know, and, and that transformation, and, and, and it was from urban to rural. You know, it was it was that it was that night and day. You know, you think you know, you think of most of most of uh, born to run. You know, it's really urban. And it's really an urban, an urban setting for the most part. And suddenly it's, all, it's switched over to this rural setting, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, uh, so I didn't, you know, so that helped me understand why the songs were chosen for darkness, again, with, with uh, I don't know, 25, 30 fantastic outtakes on darkness already. You know, and that you know those I didn't understand at all at the time. You know, uh, don't look back. You know, and I uh, uh, forget the other ones, but you know there were there was many great, great, great songs, and, uh, and 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 now I realize why he chose the ones he chose for darkness. Now it comes to the river, and okay, so he's he's established this new identity, and uh, and that's all great, you know, but it, it's a little bit looser now because. He has established this new identity. You don't have to be as extreme about it. That's why it becomes a double album. So there's sort of um, less uh, less rationalization uh, for leaving off great songs. At this point. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it, it, it's it's less understandable. Uh, you know why uh, you know roulette. You know you know uh you know uh where the bands are you know uh take them as they come uh, you know
1: restless nights
2: all those lost arguments yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah well, yeah so it's a little so it's a little you know it's a little and 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 he would freely admit this uh and has uh you know it's a little less it's a little less um understandable you know what i mean when when you see well you know, straight ahead love songs or whatever would not have fit on darkness you know when, when you look at you know what he's trying to say and what he's trying to become you know uh you know the river you know it's not it's not as obvious why these songs got left off uh they would have fit in just fine you know uh so you know it's a little bit more of a more of a uh, an argument that, that, that was lost but uh you know, that's, you know, he's got to sing a man, you know, and if the singer doesn't feel like, you know, doesn't feel like singing them, you know, there's no argument. There's no argument there, you know,
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's go back to go back to the studio here and uh, born in the USA and you make a little decision at towards the end of those sessions to, to leave the band. Um, my question is what's the alternative history if you don't leave the band? How does your life play out? How does Bruce's life play out?
2: Yeah. Well, that's the question. That's the question that I, you know, I explored a little bit. Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting scenario. Um, I, I, uh, I, you know, as I say, um, I don't know if I ever make solo records. Um, I don't know if I ever do Sopranos or Um, I don't know if I ever get into politics to the degree I, I get into it. And, um, and, and, and do that entire South Africa project. and I
0: was going to ask about
2: that. You know, and get Mandela out of jail, you know. Right. Uh, and, and, all, and all the other things that we did, uh, um, you know, as part of that bigger movement. Um, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I honestly do not know. I think it's uh, very, very hard to predict. Because um, at that point, your entire lifestyle would change. Because I would have been, you know, very very rich at that point. <laughs> okay, which which you know, if you know, if you're just thinking about you know your typical life, um, uh, that changes things. You know, uh, you know, you you now have an entire another lifestyle that, that comes in, which doesn't mean you're not going to be productive in some way. I think I would have been productive in some way, maybe producing other people's records or something. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I would have been. Uh, but all of those things probably would not have happened. Uh, you, know, you know, and in, in Bruce's case, um, I, I, you know, as I as I say, I don't. I don't. I don't know that he could have hooked up with Patty and, and had and had his kids. You know, that's very possible that that, that uh, might not have happened. Uh, you know, among other things. Uh, you know, Nils's life, you know, would have been different. Um, Patty's life would have been different. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe would have found a way. But I don't, I, you know, if, if if Patty's not on the road, how does that thing happen? And, and uh, you know, maybe it would have happened anyway. Who, who knows, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you can, you, can, you know, you, you start to go through the scenario of, of what exactly would have happened. And you got to say, man, could have been a very, very different very different outcome yeah
0: very very different world i mean as you said if, if you had stayed in the band you probably would not have done sun city and that that project went a long way to to eliminating apartheid and and freeing nelson mandela so i mean that's i think you kind of in the bigger scheme of things you made the right decision there it's it's amazing to think but
2: yeah you I, I mean you you look back and you know and you certainly wish you could have done both things you know <laughs> that's the bottom <laughs> line you know <laughs> why couldn't i have stayed in the band and still done all these things you know uh, uh you know it probably it probably was impossible so so yeah you know uh you know, it's, it, ain't, it ain't over till it's over. So we'll, see. we'll see. that's just that's just the first book. You know, we'll see. We'll see where things go. That's true. OK,
1: <laughs> well, and, and you did such high quality work and, and you've created a body of songs. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. And as you know, Eddie Vedder, both with the band and on his solo tours, often does I Am a Patriot. What does it mean to you when, and that's a song that has been covered by many, many people and and it really registers. So as a songwriter, what does it mean to you when a song is received like that by fellow artists? Well, it's thrilling and it was completely
2: unexpected. And and, um, the first, um, you know, the first uh, shock, uh, first pleasant, pleasant surprise was Jackson Brown, uh, who's, you know, renowned as one of the great songwriters of all time uh deservedly so so when you know jackson brown does one of your songs and he actually did two of them um you know i was like whoa you know uh i gotta take another look at that song, <laughs> that song. <laughs> I'm doing something right there you know and uh, ironically it was funny because on that album my second album um uh, the other song that got covered was Solidarity by Black Uhuru, who had a hit with it. And, uh, you know, so it ended up, my, my, my reggae songs, you know, for some reason, uh, have this, you know, universal appeal, which uh, I don't think is coincidental. You know, I think, I think you know, when I, when I tend to write in those universal terms, uh, I go towards, you know, I go towards reggae for some reason, uh, which I feel is probably the, the most... Universal of all of the genres of all the subgenres of rock, you know. Um, but anyway, it was a thrill, and, and, and then you uh, know, and then I heard that Eddie told me uh, he had been doing it acoustic around the same time as Jackson. He didn't, he didn't know Jackson had done it, and uh, before I think before he was in Pearl Jam, he was doing it. Oh wow! Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and then and, and then. Uh, you know, the, the acoustic version was great, but then the rock version with Pearl Jam was really, oh, yeah. you know, terrific. outrageous. Yeah, yeah, so great. So that's wonderful. You know, I don't, you know, I wasn't writing songs uh, in that, in that way, unless I'm writing a song for somebody, which a lot of those ended up on Soul Fire. That was the whole point of the Soul Fire album. Mm. Um, you know, those, um, you know, you are writing for other people, so they're a little different. But when you're writing for yourself, it's a a lot more personal and uh, you don't expect those to be covered necessarily.
0: Thanks so much for checking it out. The Soulfire album that you, that you just brought up, I mean, that was all the songs you'd written for other people over, over the years. And when you, were, when you toured behind it, that was the first time you guys had toured at the Disciples of Soul in what it was, 18, 20 years, 30, something like that.
2: More like long, 30.
0: A long time. Yeah. And so, was being on the road and playing the music, was that the kind of the inspiration for Summer of Sorcery?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it wouldn't have happened had I not done that, and and, and I didn't. It was a complete surprise. I, I really, the entire comeback, if you will. I mean, it's hard to come back if you were. <laughs> I never was, but, but you know, uh, uh, you know, my 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 recent uh, reconnection with my life's work, which was extremely valuable to me personally, uh, happened completely by accident. You know, I didn't I didn't intend to come back into music. Uh, this crazy guy in London said you know throw a band together and, 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 and play in my blues festival that and was uh, that was it you know and and then one thing led to another and uh, before you know it you know uh, you know this, this band uh, mark Ribbler put together for me uh, showed amazing loyalty and, and stayed stay with me for three straight years and two tours so with that kind of solid foundation uh, suddenly you know new ideas started coming to me on a soul fire tour and i was like wow are you really going to make a, a new album you know uh, and i decided you know yeah but if i do i it's, it, i want to do something different you know than I, than i than i did in the 80s you know i i didn't not i didn't want to make a political record and I didn't want to make an autobiographical record, and 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 that was two things that every single one of my records were, you know, they were all concept records, they were all very personal autobiographical records, and they were all very political, you know. And I said, you know, if I'm going to come back in, I want to do something different. I want I want I want to just be, you know, ten or eleven or twelve different characters in different scenarios, different little movies, you know, make 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 twelve little movies. And uh, and uh, politics at that point during the Trump years just seemed completely redundant. I mean, it was just, you know, what am I going to say? <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> well, you, know, you know, keeping in mind that the 80s were very, very different and all the bad stuff that was going on in the world was very hidden, very behind the scenes. It was not in the papers every day or on CNN or, you know, MSNBC or you know, on TV every day and, and and, and, you know, and Reagan wasn't going around bragging about assassinating, you know, teachers in, in, in Latin America, you know, like, which is what the contras were doing, you know, uh, he wasn't bragging about uh, his crimes all over the world. You know, Reagan was everybody's grandfather. He's a cowboy. He's a lot of fun. Look at that guy. You know, everybody loved him, you know. Meanwhile, he was, you know, a major criminal, you know, but, but, but nobody knew it, you know, where, you know, this guy bragging about putting kids in cages to, uh, you know, to, to uh, keep immigration from, from, from happening, you know.
0: Right, so- I mean, bragging,
2: you know, what's, what's, once, once the guy bragging about kidnapping children, putting them in cages so that their parents don't come to America. Well, what am I supposed to say to that? You know what I mean? What are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, he said that. The guy is saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, uh, like uh, I, I have nothing to add to that. Uh, you know,
0: right? I so, mean, uh, well, well I, saw, I saw a couple of couple of shows during that period. Maybe as th- did I, as like four or something. Um, and you actually said, you know, we're keeping the politics out. We're just going to have a good time in here, and I mean, and that's and that's what that's what the shows were. They were just they were just so much fun.
2: Totally. Yeah. I was trying to. I figured, you know, we we can't be more divided than we are right now. Let me just try and provide some common ground, you know. And, and that's what music really, really is. It really is, and really does best is, you know, provide that common ground for people who have maybe completely the opposite political, you know, affiliation or, or views, you know. So I really, really made, really tried, man. I really tried, you know. <laughs> Up until you know, you know, a year, a year or two ago, I, you know, I finally cracked. But but I was really trying to, you know, I never never said the word Trump in, in, on Twitter, you know, never, you know, for those whole whole, you know, virtually all of those years, you know, I was trying to like really try and be cool and provide some common ground, and. uh you know, now, now at this point, uh, you know it's hopeless, obviously, and I realized that and I recognize it. And uh, you know, it's a war, it's a war, and only and only one side's fighting it. You know, only the bad guys are fighting this war, and uh, so you know, I couldn't remain sort of neutral
0: <laughs> any longer. Yeah, but wait, um, wait, you we, know. you had mentioned a few minutes ago that this was just the first book. And so now that you, you've, so you finished this book, you've, this has been the, uh, you've done all this stuff, all this great stuff that you've written about in the book. And I know this is probably not what you want to hear, but you know, so what's next? But I always know you have, you have, st- you have projects at the hopper all the time. So are we ever going to, are we ever going to hear that Lost Boys album?
2: Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, it's actually one of my favorites. Uh,
0: yes, <laughs> you know, yes, but,
2: I, but I, I'm i not gonna put it out till I, can, till I can really promote it, you know. Oh, okay, uh, you know, because things get lost very easily these days. So I'm going I want that to be its own tour, you know, it's own, it's oh, own cool.
0: Thing. So that yeah. is that why it wasn't in your rock and roll rebel box? Set? Yeah, 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 that's the only thing we left out. Um, but there are plans to, to get it out there.
2: Oh uh, well, you know, plans these days. You know, okay. I mean, you know, forget it. Uh, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, we don't know what you know what this virus is going to do. Uh, you know, if 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 Bruce decides to go out next year, which you know, we'll see, um, then that's going to be that's going to be two years, and uh, you know, after that, I really would like to get back on TV. I got, you know, I got five scripts completed, I got 25 treatments. Wow. I got plenty of ideas, you know, and, and once in a while I get offers from existing shows which, you know, I haven't really wanted to commit to for the obvious reasons, uh, but you know, if we if if we don't do the East Street Band, then 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 I'll probably look in, I'll probably look to do TV immediately. Uh, but I also want to keep the disciple of the soul together, that yeah. wonderful band. You know, yeah. You know, so that's another thing that now becomes a thing that, you know, you got to figure out how to do that. Um, whether that will ever tour again, um, that's going to need a, a serious patron of the arts <laughs> because uh, <laughs> really, very, very, very large th- band on stage there. Very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> um, but, you know, you get what you pay for sometimes. And, sure. uh, you know there was i think that one of the best bands ever assembled and uh you know and i and i you know i i'm not going back to the bus you know i'm not going back to uh the, you know the motel 6 and and, and the bus the, you know and driving around in the station wagon you know? <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you know those days are over for me you know what i mean i'm going to be you know at least at a, you know at a livable civilized level you know right. i i i have to do that it's a, it's a lifestyle for me you know um you know, I've always, I've always, uh, you know, been on the road most of my life, you know, and uh, so, so, you know, you want it to be uh, a pleasant experience. I, I never looked at the road, as many people do, as a, uh, a, a sort of, uh, um, you know, a, a, means, a means to an end. I, 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 you know, go out, cram as many shows in as you can, make as much money as you can, and then, and then go live your life. I never looked at it that way ever. You know, to me, it is life. It is a lifestyle, and that's why you know I found, you know, the found I found a way to do it these last couple of years. It's uh, extremely, uh, extremely uh, satisfying and and functional. But just just by just by playing every other day um, changes everything. You know, rather than rather than two shows in a row. You know, to you know, once I stop doing two two shows in a row, you suddenly the quality of life really starts to emerge, you know, where you can go get to a town and experience that town in any way you want to experience it, you know. Uh go out, you know, have dinner somewhere, you know, or go to museums or go to whatever you want to do, to do the tourist thing if you want to, you know, and then the next day you play the town, and then you go to the next town and do it all again. And just that simple little move, which most people don't want to do because it's a little bit more expensive, rather than playing three, you know, four or five shows a week. uh, That it gives you quality of life, Uh, and and, you know, and I'm in it for the long, obviously for the long term. So, and I wanted my band to enjoy it, you know, and not have to, you know. Go from hotel to, the, you know, from the hotel to the stage to, you know, and, and nothing, see nothing and, and live and, and 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 never get a chance to live, you know. Right. So we um, really found a way to do that. And uh, so anyway, um, if the Disciples of Soul ever gets a pat- patron of the arts, we'll go back out for sure. And I'll write another record, you know, who knows, uh, you know, but if not, you know um I, I'll, I'll probably get back on tv once once uh, bruce
1: decides what he wants to do now you mentioned the potential east street band tour of course it'll be to promote letter to you which you're such an advocate of recording live in the studio and bruce hadn't done that in a while and he's credited you with being the one to say to him look let's get the band in a room together and playing and that's what he did on letter to you to absolutely spectacular success yeah
2: you know it it, it um It it seems obvious I know I know know, people go through a lot of changes in in life and and circumstance. um, You know, when we got back together, you know, Bruce had come out of this whole solo thing, you know, and uh, it it takes a minute to really adjust uh, to being a band guy again, you know, it's it's different. It's it's really different, and you know once once he got working as a solo guy, it took it took a minute you know I think to adjust, and uh, and because of that time in between you know, I think you know we got we got back you know close as close as we have ever been really you know we're back pretty much to normal you know um, uh, what I call normal you know the uh, um, um you know I, I and i i just i just I just thought back to you know the way we used to do things on the river and born in the u s a you know he walks in the, he walks in a room with an acoustic guitar, you know, and then we all uh, do our thing, you know i mean the East Street band are all so terrific they they really produce themselves you know for the most part you know, and um you know think about you get a chance to give input on, on arrangements. You know, and I've always got arrangement ideas. Even as, as good as Bruce has gotten at, at arranging, and and he's gotten to be one of the best through the years. But I still, you know, I'll, I'll still have an idea or two. You know, and and um, and so will the other guys, you know, and and and, uh, and so might whoever the producer is, or the engineer, you know, or 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 or, 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 or you know, John Landau, or whoever's around, you know, it, it, leave, it leaves yourself open to some input. You know, rather than, you know, demoing everything at home, you know, you come in with a completed thing and then everybody replaces your parts with themselves, you know? And that's how things were done for a couple albums there, you know, in the beginning of the of the reunion, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they ended up, you know, pretty good uh, in, in spite of that, you know? But that's just not, it's not, you're, get, you're not getting 100% of what the thing is, you know? Uh, as, 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 as you know, I, I can hear it clear as day on Letter to You how, how you know, uh, it sounds to me, you know, like the river, you know, like Born in the USA, it's got that, it's got that vibe of, of um, you know, we, when you have a big band like we have, you know, and now it's even bigger with, with, with Nils adding another guitar, um uh you don't know, you don't need to overdub. You know, you just don't, you know. Uh you know, we had a couple a couple little you know sax things or you know, whatever, you know, a little bit of something here and there, but basically when a band is, you know, you got three guitars, you definitely don't need overdubs at that point. <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, everybody should be able to find a part that's gonna be uh the part, you know, which we which we do. and, and I mean quick. You know, I mean, you know the story by now. He, you know, he booked five days. Uh, you know, I, I stopped the tour, you know, thinking that we're going to be on the road. I, I stopped the tour November of 19, right? Thinking we're going to be, you know, because Bruce told me I, I wrote a new album. So I'm like, great. Okay, I'll stop the tour in November. And then we'll have a couple of months, you know, so we can get the record out for twenty summer of 2020, right? You know. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I stopped the tour when we were done, and, and, and he, he books five days. I'm like, oh, that's a little weird, you know. <laughs> but, you know, maybe yeah, he wants to try some things out, you know, see what direction he wants to go, maybe. And then, you know, and then we'll start doing the record, you know. And we did the whole record in four days. And that had nothing to do on the fifth day. <laughs> <laughs> that must have, obviously a record, I, I'm assuming. I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah. like the world record yeah. for quickest Bruce Springsteen album. I mean, we were doing a song, you know, every, every three hours we were doing a song from here's the song on acoustic to done, you know.
1: Incredible.
2: Uh, yeah. And the fifth day, we just literally sat around drinking tequila and listening <laughs> to what we had done. Uh, you know, so it was a little bit of a surprise. And then, you know double surprise guess what we're not we're not going to tour after all uh, you know but um but it was a wonderful- it was wonderful to go back you know i mean look look at how long how long uh, uh, what is that forty years in between Jeez. almost yeah, probably yeah. the
1: last time the East street band recorded live in the studio was eighty two eighty three right? right well Jeez. great ascents but oh
0: right I don't, yeah. I don't know if we want to count that here.
2: Oh yeah, that was like a song or two, right? What was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. four
0: songs. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> I wouldn't count that. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the first time since yeah, like '82, I guess, with you, right?
2: You know, it's hard to believe, right? Yeah, hard to believe, but but you know, it's like <laughs> riding a bicycle with this band. You know, bam, everybody just does the right thing. They just they just do the right parts, you know, and. And Charlie, you know, Charlie, had a, you know, Charlie was really, uh, you know, uh, the trickiest. The trickiest, I think, part of it all was was Charlie's uh, uh, adjustment because um, Danny, uh, just completely one of a kind. Nobody uh, ever has played the way Danny plays, and he's kind of, a, you know, an essential element in that East Street mix, you know, of, of, of why it sounds the way it sounds, you know. And so I, I just remember telling, you know, poor Charlie, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you can imagine the poor guy in, in that position, you know, uh, and, and, and he's just terrific. I mean, really terrific. He's one of the great session guys, you know. And at first he's kind of, you know, playing it like a great session guy, you know. And Danny, not a great session guy. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I said to Charlie, I said, Charlie, you know, I tell you the truth, what you know, what you what you need to do right now is is drink some of that tequila now before it's
0: <laughs> get them nice and loose.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just loosen up a little bit. And think a little bit different, a, a little bit different than your normal, the, the, the normal thing, you know, way you would think, you know, uh, because Danny's always playing, and you know, Danny never knew the chords of any song. You know that,
0: right? Yeah, he didn't. I know I he didn't. He never played the same thing twice.
2: No, but he, if you ask him what the chords of "Born to Run" are, he, he doesn't know. You
0: know, he, we wouldn't know.
2: Uh, you know, he just plays like pure instinct and, and, and you know, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, wild. I mean, honestly, to, to, witness it as I did for all those years, you know, you're like, how's he doing this? You know, uh, you know, so it, 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 it was just, you know, so, you know, and, and, and Charlie, I think, you know, uh, he did, a, he did adjust, he, he did adjust a little bit, you know, so, so, so that, you know, it, it was, uh, I think he started to get it after a while. You know, he's like, because we're not, we're not, we're not super strict, you know, about about what people are playing exactly. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of adding their own identity to what they play, and uh, you know, at this point, it's just, it's always the right thing. You know, it's just, it's just right. Uh, you know, we might fool around with the arrangement. You know, we did, we did some, you know. Uh, but in the end, uh, Charlie did a terrific job because uh, yeah, that poor guy what a position to be in, you know, uh, you know, because you know Jake Jake knew what he had to do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Mills would have been maybe a third guitar part that we would have done anyway, you know. It's nice to have whatever it might be. It might be the acoustic part, or it might be whatever. You know, Nils did some nice sub-model uh, stuff, and uh, you know, and Nils is just uh, you know, so so you know a third guitar part, you know that's not. That's not too difficult to, you know, to figure out, you know, and even Jake, you know, uh, you know, that we knew what that had to be, you know, you know, in that ballpark, you know, Charlie had Charlie had the biggest challenge. And and he just really rose to the occasion and did a terrific job. Okay.
1: One of the things about Letter to You is that it's very emotional. What was it like being in the studio? The songs were also very personal to Bruce, but also, as he does, they're universal to the audience. I'll see you in my dreams. Uh, what did you think when you first heard that song and just the power of, of remembering the people who have been lost? And, and of course you guys have lost, as you just mentioned, Danny and Clarence and, well, and uh, Terry McGovern. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was an extremely
2: uh, emotional uh, album because, you know, it's half about the Castiles and half about us, you know, you know what I mean? It, it's it's a it's the first time you ever really wrote specifically uh, pr- pretty much, you know, I guess, you know, something like Where the Bands Are is not that ballpark, I guess. But but uh, uh, it's the first time you wrote about his job, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm to write about my I'm to write about my job today. You know, you know. <laughs> you know it's, it's not factory. You know, it's not. You know, <laughs> it's you know, it's a different different the uh, different job than the factory song. Um, and so it was it was it was very emotional. And, um, and I'll tell you one thing about that song. It really, really. Uh, change the Broadway show, Uh, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to see that, uh, you know, but ending with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. That, that was like, you know, uh, it it was like, (laughs) it was was written for that, for that moment. You know what I mean? More, even more than the album, you know, I thought, wow, did that, that just completely completed, you know, the the Broadway show and, and such a, definitive way you know it 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 retroactively gave the entire show a theme mm-hmm. you know which, which which you know which was already there but but you know he's doing it it's kind of an episodic you know the way the way he, the way he's doing it is kind of episodic so a, a, you know a a theme you know is not quite as obvious but that that thing just gave the whole thing completely uh you know brought, brought the whole show together for me i thought wow you know but uh yeah it was it was a terrific uh terrific album as you know the first time you know I, you know I, I that's how i do my records i i don't i know exactly what i want to say uh and and do before i write the records you know um and sometimes i'll have the titles already in place and uh and um uh, you know everything I've ever done has been a concept, and I so I all, I always start with an idea. I, I you know I can't even begin writing without an idea. And uh, oh, the cute doggy. Uh, Thank you,
0: uh, it's Callie. Uh, and, uh, <laughs>
2: I like the black stairs. Nice, nice. Yeah, she she she's uh,
0: fifteen. Has arthritis, so she needs she needs help. Uh,
2: uh, uh. We have the same thing here. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, but uh, so so, you know, as the first time, first time that Bruce really, did, you know, um, you know, knew exactly what he wanted to do and say, you know, beforehand, and it sure does make the process more efficient. Seems like it, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that
0: it goes from like eight months to four days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you if you guys can do it that quickly, do it again. Maybe that That's would- it.
2: But but you got But you gotta have the you gotta have you gotta the have,
0: idea first. Right. You know what I mean? You gotta have the
2: concept, or else, you know, he'll just he'll write until until he feels you know he has something he wants to say, you know, until he finds the concept, you know, which, you know, obviously that works too. But uh, it just you know takes a bit longer. I mean, this one I was like, man, I wish it, I wish this would have went on longer. You know, I wish we had more songs to do. You know, it was like so much fun. Uh, you know, I I wouldn't have minded doing that for a couple of months. You know, oh, wow, it would have it would have been fun. You know,
0: so Bruce could have pulled out more demos from '72, like If I Were the Priest and Songs for let's Orphans. And...
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, let's you know, let's and God knows what he's got on his shelf. You know, he's all he's, he's always got he's always got an album in his pocket all, all the time. Yeah.
0: That's, that's yeah, that's your legendary line from from the greatest hits documentary. He always has half an album in his pocket
2: yeah well, uh, that's 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 probably conservative he probably probably has two or three albums in his pocket oh gosh
1: oh boy we're we're like uh we want to hear about those no, no, just <laughs> no. Uh, well you've been so generous with your time and and this has been so incredible for us very much truly so, yes. uh we we don't want to keep you any longer but seriously we really deeply thank you for taking the time to talk to us we love the book unrequited infatuations everyone listening should pick up a copy it really yeah it it tells the truth it it tells the truth of the the story of what steve has been through what some of the things that have happened with the east street band also many of your other projects so it's it's just a great read and and we highly recommend it
0: oh absolutely thank you so much steve for, for
1: joining us today
2: Thank you, boys, for your kind words. And uh, it's been my pleasure.
1: Thank you. Once again, that was little Stephen Van Zant, author of Unrequited Infatuations, his new autobiography. Check it out. And <laughs> I don't want to be repetitious, but good God, was that amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has such a unique way of of telling stories. And it's it's in the, it's in the book. I mean, His voice is telling the stories in the book. It's so great. And to talk, to ask him more questions about what's in the book was just, I mean, just just phenomenal. I'm, you know, smiling ear to ear.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. It was really, I mean, talking to Steve about the selections of the songs on the river, I mean, come on. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) and he was so open and it's just amazing anyway we won't go on with that but we really do thank steve again we thank rich russo for helping us set that up and steve has an open invitation come back anytime
0: (laughs) yes yes we love to talk to him again at some point i mean john we talked to him for an hour and 40 minutes we never even got to the to the sopranos or Lilyhammer.
1: No, and we wanted to, but yes. <laughs> you only have so much time and he was telling amazing stories and that was the way it worked out. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We haven't figured out the topic yet. It's going to be the first time we're doing a topic show in a while because we <laughs> ha- we ended the last season with the guys from Backstreet's and now we've had Steve. We're working on hopefully maybe some other guests in the future, but in the meantime, we are going to go back to doing topics a, of discussion.
0: Just us. Just
1: us. Yes. <laughs> So hopefully <laughs> Hope that's that'll enough. be <laughs> enough. Yes. And with that, let's bring it to a conclusion. None But The Brave is a presentation of Bull Market Entertainment and a part of Evergreen Podcast. You can find us on the web at nonebutthebravepodcast.com, on Twitter, at MBTB Podcast.
0: So for Hal Schwartz, I'm Phil McClain saying thanks again to, to Little Stephen for joining us. And we'll see you further on up the road. Thank
1: you so much. We'll be seeing
0: you! Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupatin. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like The Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolf Peck, Keb Moe, Lakesbury Dive, Bela Fleck, and more.